KBTC, a viewer-supported community service of Bates Technical College. From KBTC Public Television Studios in Tacoma, Washington, it's the Northwest Now podcast. Each week we take a closer look at the people and issues that affect all of us here in Western Washington. So sit back, relax, and join the conversation with your host, Tom Lason. Three weeks from now, athletes from all across the state of Washington will be participating in the Special Olympics Spring Games. More than 1,800 athletes will gather at three venues here in Western Washington to compete in sports from track to soccer to cycling to swimming. A closer look at the Special Olympics is next on Northwest Now. Washington State Special Olympic Spring Games will be held this year at PLU, JBLM, and the King County Aquatic Center. Since Special Olympics was started by Eunice Kennedy Shriver back in 1968, nationwide almost 6 million athletes have competed in local and national events. While everybody is excited to get started with this year's competition, the past two years during the pandemic were not easy to navigate. That's part of our discussion with Washington State Special Olympics Chief Operating Officer Mary Doe and a Special Olympian from Tacoma, Wesley Simmons. Welcome both of you in Northwest Now. I want to start with a little biographical uh, information. Mary, give us a brief bio. You've actually been at this for a long time with Special Olympics. I have, and so uh, thanks for, for having us here. We're, we're really grateful um, for the opportunity to talk about Special Olympics and the great things our athletes are doing. And um, while I have been with the movement for almost two decades, um, kind of started my career with Special Olympics in Northern California. I'm an original Seattle girl, um, but uh, started my career there and, and realized it was one of these amazing things that we have a lot of opportunities to do good um, and support incredible people in our movement. And I just haven't stopped. So I've been really yeah. grateful for the continued opportunities with Washington great. State. Wesley, you dropped an interesting set of facts on us before we got started. You have 152 medals over 20 years, which has to be some sort of an Olympics record. I would think that is amazing. When did you get started and how did you get interested in Special Olympics? Um, I got started um, at age eight and I just heard about it through word of mouth. And I just thought it would be a cool opportunity to do for myself and get me into something that I would enjoy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and something at a very young age to be able to be um, athletic and get fit was really cool to me. Yeah. And, and getting to know the community, I would think, would be Good too. Do, have you made a lot of friends through this and associates? Oh, of course. Yes. Um, especially through um, the leadership opportunities I've had. It's been really good to get connected with both friends and staff through Special Olympics. Great. That's one of the things I wanted to talk about with you, Mary, is that it's not just Special Olympics. We think of the, the athletic events, but there are some nice offshoots of it as well. One of them being the leadership piece, and Wesley created a nice segue for that. What is that leadership program, and, and how do you matriculate into it? Well, Wesley's going to be able to explain it way better than because he's actually doing it all the time. But athlete leadership is a, an, a, is one door for our athletes to empower them to to be leaders. So we um, provide them uh, tools and skills um, to be leaders beyond the field of play. 
Um, you know, we've got athlete input council, so we, we take it very serious when we are saying that our, our movement is led by athletes, and so we want to empower them to, to lead this movement um, beyond any of our staff that will be here um, to talk about how great Special Olympics is. Um, leadership also includes uh, trainings for board governance, for them to find jobs, for relationships, those types of things um, that you would find on the field and off the field. And you just named an athlete to the board. Yeah, we did. Kelly Campbell is our first uh, athlete board member. It's pretty incredible. She's amazing. What do you want to do in leadership, Wesley? Are you going to be the, the commissioner of the, of the golf <laughs> league someday and make some rules? I don't like the marks on the balls. I, I'd like you to see, take those off if you're ever commissioner. What are, what are your plans as a leader in Special Olympics? Um, I don't think I'm going to be in that position. Um, I'm mostly going to try to be involved my goal is to try to be like an athlete advocate for um, athletes who can't um, speak out as well as other athletes to try to get their voices heard mm -hmm. and give them opportunities to give input where it's needed most. Yeah, good. One of the other offshoots, we were talking about the offshoots piece in addition to the leadership program is the Young Athletes Program. Wesley mentioned being involved at, uh, at eight years old, but I know there's a lot of you know gym classes and gymnastics for even little, little yeah. tiny, tiny people. Do Special Olympics have an opportunity for really young people? We do, we do, so all ages, right? Um, so with young athletes, that's our itty bitties from two to about seven years old. Um, and this is really about hand coordination, friendship, um, playing together. And young athletes is not just individuals with um, intellectual disabilities or developmental disabilities. We're partnering our, our athletes with people without disabilities. And so that beyond young athletes, we have unified um, programming to, again, putting folks together that are uh, with and without disabilities. Um, but we're, we, we want this entry point for anyone um, to join. And young athletes is a really wonderful way to get um, the little ones involved. In preparing for the show, it, it really kind of struck me looking at how it was founded back in the 60s, that this was this was DEI before there was DEI. Was you know, it really yeah. it really was ahead of its time in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Is that an accurate observation and, and what role does that play now? Do you feel like Special Olympics is kind of like a new script? People are like, oh, well, of course we had to do this. Yeah. Or has it always been there and has been a leader in that movement? Help, help, help me understand your you role. Know, proud, uh, you know, selfishly I'd like to say that we, we've definitely been a catalyst, right? Our, our, not um, just the staff, but the volunteers, the community, the parents, the athletes are, are truly catalysts um, in, in inclusion. Um, and bringing our athletes, again, on the field first was really about, you know, Eunice Kennedy Shriver was like, we're getting our athletes out and we're going to play sports. And beyond that, it's grown into this global movement of inclusion of athlete leadership to health, um, to unified schools. Um, it's incredible, but there's still a lot of work to do. Um, mm -hmm. and, and we're continuing to stand in the forefront, holding hands with other um, like-minded organizations to continue to pound on the door and say that we need to do more. Wesley, um, Mary mentioned the volunteers and I'd like you to talk about them a little bit. Having 152 medals means that you have been in a lot of events over the years and seen the role volunteers play to get the events off the ground, to coordinate them, get them to get them to function correctly. Talk a little bit about the volunteers and the relationship that the athletes have with them. Um, what I've seen the volunteers and the athletes have <clears throat> um, is the coaches and the athletes um, 
The coaches act as mentors, um, giving them the skills to succeed in their sport um, through um, like physical ability to succeed and like mental and skill progression mm -hmm. in that area. So you have the, the physical coaching piece, but also the, the mental side of whatever game you're in for you, golfing, cycling, swimming. There's, there's a mental part to that game too of, I would say probably has to do with um, staying positive, um, being motivated to train <laughs> and some of those yes. things. And what is the best way to help you progress? Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. Mary, give me a sense for the size of the organization in Washington State. Um, it looks to me, um, looking at the website, you have like an Eastern, Eastern Games, Western Games. They come together for a big games. How, does, how do all the divisions relate? And then how does that relate to nationals? Because I'm, I'm sure yeah. a lot of athletes have that as a goal. Sure. Could you kind of lay that, that framework out yeah. for us? Yeah, so our head, we're headquartered um, in, in Seattle. Um, we've got about 30 plus staff um, that work all across the state, but we serve everyone in Washington state. Um, a lot of them are remote, um, but again, serving you know on a, on a normal time, about 19,000 athletes and wow. unified partners. Um, again, that's the normal pre-pandemic yeah. times. Um, and, and typically what happens is sports happen at the local level. It is, it is the, the uh, most important kind of grassroots piece is that the local folks is, you know, Wesley was talking about coaches in the local areas that are training our athletes for a sport of their choice. Um, from there, they have local competitions, then they can move to regional competitions, and when they medal there, then they move to the state games. So we've got a big state games coming up here in Tacoma, um, the uh, June 17th through the 19th, that's happening very soon. And from there, if it happens to be a um, allocation year for athletes to go to a national games, USA games, um, typically it happens every four years, uh, that they would then medal and have uh, an opportunity to compete in the USA games. So that's kind of nice. So they could, they could do well this year, and, and in the in four, three years from now, be in the next national games well, possible. Yeah, it would be. I mean, we would probably use the um, the meddling or results from you know, the two years right prior to. Okay, so it's about two years yeah. out. So this 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 games in Tacoma won't necessarily feed nationals, mm -hmm. but it'll be a step toward that. Correct. And then two years from now, those are going to yeah. set you up for the yeah. nationals. So two years ago, we had athletes, or even pre-pandemic, it was actually before then, had athletes that were getting ready for the USA Games. And, yeah. and now we're sending about 100 um, to Orlando uh, this June. Yeah. So there was a national games in Washington State not that long ago, right? 2018. 2018. Yeah, okay. Pre-pandemic. Yeah. Um, I want to get this comment from both of you, and I'll start with you, Wesley. How did the pandemic affect the Special Olympics in terms of events, participation maybe, and maybe from your perspective as an athlete, the training or being able to get with your coach for mentorship, how did the pandemic affect things? It actually affected a lot. Um, the sports actually had to turn virtual. So that was really hard because you couldn't get together with your friends. It was all basically over Zoom, if your coaches wanted to do it that way. So some teams weren't even even meeting for their sports, and it took a 
big effect on um, some of the athlete's actual mental state also. Yeah. Like, I had a personal friend who actually felt really affected by that. Mm-hmm. Because it was it's such an outlet for them, they're so tied into it, it's such a part of your lives, and then to have that taken away has gotta be very difficult. Yes, because yeah. he was not able to get out and have that exposure to having something active to do. Yeah. And he felt like he needed that to be able to do something physical. Yeah. To be happy and to feel good, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mary, talk a little bit about where kind of what some, some organizations their trajectory didn't change that much. I would imagine when it comes to team sports and playing, getting at events, the Special Olympics did this and then did that during the pandemic, and now you're basically trying to rebuild. Talk a little bit about that. What the process is? Rebuild is a great word, um, and I, you know I think what I'd have to say is that we're really proud of our team of. Uh, the word is pivot, right, through the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And um, we did what we, we know what we needed to do. And, and a lot of it was the um, social aspect of Special Olympics, right, beyond the sports piece. And a lot of our athletes love that. Um, but the opportunity for them to be together was just as important. So um, the team put together virtual programming, which was very successful. But there were still a lot of athletes waiting on the sidelines that may have not had the opportunity to, to participate virtually, right? Whether it be access or uh, Wi-Fi, those types of things. And so, team sports, I mean. Team sports. Yeah. And so um, it was a rough time. And, you know, we, we took a conservative approach because we do have a population of folks mm. that have different uh, medical conditions that um, the pandemic really impacted. Um, fast forward now, uh, we're back. And it's exciting. Uh, we've had, you know, local teams are starting to get together um, based on their comfort level. Uh, regional tournaments are happening. And again, this big state games and USA games is going to be kind of the, we're ready and coming back. And, um, you know, one of the big impacts that we had with, with not only not being able to serve our athletes was volunteers coming back. I was gonna say, did you end up shedding a lot of volunteers who moved away, got involved elsewhere? I, I imagine I could see the volunteer crew Yeah being a real challenge. Yeah, you know, volunteers are the, the backbone yeah. of, of our organization. That's how it started and it's still how we exist. And mm -hmm. um, we took a big, big hit. And I think, you know, it was a combination of a lot of things. Folks were, you know, again, the pandemic from moving on to saying, hey, it's maybe time for me to hang up my Special Olympics, um, you know, boots and, and move on to other things. But, uh, and then we have this other army of, of compassionate volunteers that continue to, to work with us and, and show up day by day or, or at our, our events during the day. Um, but we need more. So, I mean, if, if there was a big call to action is to, to get involved and um, without our volunteers, our athletes uh, don't get to play. Let's take the moment. Go ahead and do that. What is the call to action? How do, the, how do people get involved? Um, this is, the, you know, give me 30 to 60 seconds of you talking yeah. to people to get them involved. Uh, absolutely. Thank you. Um, so, you know, the, the best place to go is specialolympicswashington.org. You will find all of our information about our activities, our athletes, our different sports. You don't have to know sports to be, to be involved. Um, there's a lot of opportunities for folks of any skill set, any level, any age um, to get involved in our programming. Um, and we know that it means so much to us and to our athletes to be able to continue to get on the fields and be with their friends because without them, Special Olympics is, is going to struggle. Wesley, same question for you. Mary gave the website, which is great. What, what would you say to people who maybe watch this show and think, 
well, should I volunteer? Maybe I have the time to do it, um, or maybe I should participate. I have a grandson who I think would be perfect for this. What would your message to those folks be? Um, my message to um, those people or the, well, um, would be, I think it's a really good opportunity for the people to, or their children with disabilities, no matter what disability, would be really good to give them that opportunity to succeed and at least try something new mm -hmm. because it will give them something that they could thrive at and enjoy. And everybody should have that opportunity to make themselves the best version of themselves that they can possibly be. That's, that's very nice. Is, do you, is it, would it be accurate, can Special Olympics be life-changing for a person? Oh yes, it can, definitely. It has changed my life dramatically. I had a lot of um, issues due to my disability and it has helped me suppress those issues by getting out and having that tool to succeed. Mm -hmm. And it has been, I personally think it has been a part that has probably saved my life wow. in a way. Wow, well, powerful testimonial, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, Mary, another thing that I know people see and I'd just like you to spend a, a minute on um, is the polar plunge. How, you know, that, that kind of, that's one of the things that people may not see any special, they may not see the track meet, but they typically will see the polar plunge. What is that? When does it happen? What is it for? Lay that out. Sure. So um, polar plunge is one of our um, really wonderful fundraising and public awareness events. It's led by law enforcement, which we've got a wonderful partnership with law enforcement all across the state. So they help really lead this event. Um, again, it is a fundraiser. So we uh, recruit folks, uh, brave souls, uh, to fundraise and jump into cold bodies of water um, to spread <laughs> awareness about Special Olympics. It does get a lot of coverage. It is a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, it's just a, a little moment in the cold um, mm -hmm. for, for a really awesome organization. Just so people have some perspective on the food chain of your fundraising, is it high, low, medium? Where is it? How important is it that people maybe take notice and get involved? Yeah, I think it's very important. It's all, you know all of our fundraising events yeah. are at the high level, right? I think with the law enforcement, it's up on the on the higher end of okay. that campaign um, because it's one of the, the major events that they support um, mm -hmm. through the law enforcement torch run um, campaign. And so it's a big event. We want to bring it back even bigger in this upcoming winter season. I know summer's coming. So as you think about those warm vibes now, you know, think about what what you can do uh, jump in the water and, and raise a little a little money for Special Olympics and our athletes continue to play the thing about Puget Sound is it never gets any warmer that's true so <laughs> you could have that 12 months a year we have heated tents we'll have hot chocolate yeah. uh, and your heart will be warm I promise I don't know if somebody with 152 medals has to participate in the polar plunge you may be exempt um, because you're so cool with all those medals have you ever done it uh, no because <laughs> I have Raynaud's which um, 
once you get really, really cold, it's really hard for you to warm up. Oh, okay. So um, I'm not able to do it. He gets a pass. I was saying maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe the one time in your life where you actually benefit from that possibly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not go out there so. freeze yourself. What is happening um, after the spring games? What's the cycle? I know you're all totally focused on June and here in Tacoma, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, Maybe you could give us the venues for that if people wanted to watch, and then how does the cycle proceed from yeah. there? So for spring games, um, again, you can find that on our website. Um, this will happen at Pacific Lutheran University. We'll be at the King County Aquatic Center, as well as Joint Base Lewis-McChord in a variety of different sports. Um, you can find, um, you can come out as a spectator or volunteer. Uh, following that, um, we'll be moving into our summer season. So we're already planning in advance and already planning for the fall, mm -hmm. which fall um, state games will happen uh, later in the Tri-Cities. Um, but we'll be uh, getting ready for our summer season sports, which will be softball, golf, uh, those types of things, and um, looking at league plays. Uh, we'll have a community challenge where um, people in the community can participate with our athletes virtually or in person um, in steps and different fitness exercises. So there'll be still a hybrid component for folks that are comfortable. Um, and so more to come on that, but there'll be a lot of activities still happening at the local level. The, the more I learn about this and listen to you talk, the more intimidated probably I am by <laughs> the organizational challenge of multiple statewide games mm -hmm. per year depending on the season and the sport that feed into the nationals and keeping track of that every other every two years and man it's it is an administrative and plus coordinating the volunteers and the venues like I said I you just start thinking about it and you're all of a sudden you're like oh wow <laughs> That's a lot. And we're reflexing yeah. some muscles that we haven't been yeah. using in, in, a, in a while, but this team has been incredible. And again, these volunteers that come out year after year to help support these games, um, as well as the local volunteers. So again, if you get bit by that bug, Special Olympics bugs, I promise you, you will be back. Good. Well, great conversation. I appreciate you both uh, coming to Northwest yeah. now, both Mary and Wesley. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I love the motto of the Special Olympics. Let me win, but if I cannot win, let me be brave in the attempt. The bottom line, those are words for all of us to live by. I hope this program got you thinking and talking. To watch this program again or to share it with others, Northwest Now can be found on the web at kbtc.org. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Northwest Now. Thanks for taking a closer look on this edition of Northwest Now. Until next time, I'm Tom Lason. Thanks for watching.